Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Media. AVOD platforms are doing a lot of things right at the moment. You're able to get the right audience at the right time with the right ad for the majority of the time. The beautiful thing about television is it's this wonderful creative canvas. It sits in the centre of the house. like It plays a really solid role from a societal perspective as well. From a BVOD perspective, for the last three years we've been going at pace. Then at the start, certainly in the first sort of 18 months to two years, there was significant challenges. Hello, I'm Gavin Stewart, Marketing Director and Co-Founder of Ashton Media and the host of this new Ashtoncast series, Video Fast Forward, brought to you by our friends at Pubmatic. These are short, sharp stories and solutions to the biggest challenges in marketing, advertising, media and CX. Please make sure to subscribe, rate and comment and tell anyone you know that is interested in this industry about this podcast and your favourite episode. You can find Ashtoncast on all of the major podcast players, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and more. Go to ashtonmedia.com.au forward slash Ashtoncast for more info. TV has always been a huge part of our lives, and it feels like in the past few months, it's become even more important to us, as we're all home streaming content with our friends and families. But as we do that, there's a big question Adland is asking itself. Why doesn't the advertising on my streaming platforms feel like the advertising on regular old TV? 20 years ago, we could only imagine how amazing the technology that powers advertising video on demand, or AVOD for short, would be. Then fast forward to the future, and we know this video technology helps both the user and the brands reach exactly who they want. But with great power comes great responsibility, and we have a responsibility to make a better experience for the users. Some of the universal challenges this industry has faced are that users might see the same ad twice in a row, see the same ad twice in a row, or they experience frustrating buffering waiting for ads to load. So, how do we begin to upgrade this situation and give users the advertising platform they deserve? That's the question we're going to answer on today's show. But first, I'm going to ask you to think back to your childhood, back to your days on the playground. To all of us back then, ads were a matter of the utmost importance. Everybody remembers the ads which were on back then and the impact they had. What's a great TV advertising campaign you remember from when you were a kid? Living in Ireland back in uh, back in the 80s, I was a kid. There were some great Guinness campaigns, right? Uh, I probably wasn't the target market, but I remember them nonetheless. The Marmite series, which was the Save Marmite, and it was basically trying to save abused jars of Marmite. I think the, the big ones that I remember the most were the, the, the funny ones and the ones that told a story over a long period of time. You know, the Tango ads were just absolutely amazing in the UK, and I'll never forget those. They made me chuckle pretty much the whole way through them. The consensus seems to be clear. Ads were a huge part of our lives. But now, it seems like the situation has changed. What about a great banner ad? 
That is a tough question. So I don't remember any great web banner campaigns. Now, again, I can't specifically think of one that stands out. Now, let me make it clear. We're all fans of web ads here on the show. But there's definitely something to be said here about the role ads have played in our lives. Research from around the world shows the low levels of trust people have towards web ads today. So it's worth noticing how much we used to cherish ads not too long ago. And to explain why that is, we're going to jump back to a simpler time in advertising, the 1940s. General Eisenhower informs me that the forces of Germany have surrendered to the United Nations. The war was over. People were optimistic again. The markets were booming. But in New York City, the television advertising industry hadn't quite figured itself out yet. In the 1940s and 50s golden age of television, advertising had a rocky start. Back then, live television was the only game in town. And instead of ad breaks, one show would have one advertiser having to suffer the cost of sponsoring the entire show itself. TV ads were for the Gillettes, the Palmolives and the Pepsi Colas. You know, the big names only. Another problem. Advertisers spoke in language which was wordy, overly factual and downright robotic. They hadn't figured out yet how to speak to people on a human level. What's more, the slip-ups and controversies of live TV could be detrimental to the company's image. Stand by. You may be phoned. You'll be asked if you can identify this face. Watch these dots. During this time, quiz shows like Dotto were a huge hit, cheap to produce and gripping for audiences. But in the 1950s, that all changed. The quiz shows were revealed to be rigged and the sponsors were implicated. This form of TV just wasn't brand safe. Their situation back then wasn't too different to the situation Adland faces today, trying to crack open a big AVOD market. The tech had created a whole new set of possibilities, but the right solution just hadn't yet been articulated. But in 1947, a man called Buffalo Bob Smith had a different idea. What if TV was a medium which put audiences first? And what if advertising could engage with people's real lives instead of just pushing a product? The result was Howdy Doody, the salesman on strings. He allowed producers to sell time on an existing program rather than to sponsor the entire show itself. But more importantly, Howdy Doody was a character which allowed brands to relate to their audience's interests, attitudes and values. At the time, the problem with kids' shows was that they were either too educational or appreciated more by adults. He was just a puppet, and he might seem like nothing to a world with SpongeBob and Fortnite, but for the first time, children felt like they were heard. Every day you'll see a pal, but do you know how to be a pal? Well, if you don't, I'll tell you how just you. Welcome back to the video fast forward Ashton Cast series brought to you by our friends at Pubmatic. As I stated previously, the point here is that Adland is navigating difficult terrain with the rise of streaming, 
And working out a programmatic solution that's going to work for everyone hasn't been easy. That's why we talked to three prominent figures in this industry to figure out exactly how we're going to navigate this difficult terrain and what the world might look like on the other end. I talked to Nick Young, Director of Digital Sales and Publishing at Nine, for more on this. From a BVOD perspective, for the last three years, we've been going at pace. At the start, certainly in the first sort of 18 months to two years, there was significant challenges. There was ad frequency issues, buffering issues, as we've talked about. Even sound went up higher. Nicola Lewis, the Chief Investment Officer at Group M, was open about some of the concerns that have existed about AVOD platforms in the past. I think the other area I'd be concerned in was if there hadn't been consideration put into the viewing experience. So with connected televisions, new targeting capabilities and ad formats, you've got to be really careful of the viewing experience. Yeah, so back-to-backs. For example, back-to-back ads, it's not No one likes them, do they? No one likes them and it's really obvious because there's less of them. So I think, you know, you also have to be very clear on your your kind of viewing experience and what that is. I think the other thing is as well, I would have concerns if we as a client's media agency or a client wasn't thinking about what the creative experience was. And it's coming back to what you were saying earlier. The beautiful thing about television is it's this wonderful creative canvas. It sits in the center of the house. Like it, it plays a really solid role from a societal perspective as well. It brings the household together. You know, we definitely, again, during COVID, we saw this notion of the big screen pulling the household back together. I was actually speaking to a client of ours at Group M and this client is in Melbourne and has been on lockdown for three, four weeks already and is quite frankly sick of being in lockdown as likely most Melbournians are and was watching television and saw an ad that had obviously been filmed at St Kilda Beach previous to the lockdown and had people sat outside cafes drinking coffee, enjoying the sun and it stirred up really negative emotions for that person because they were like, why would you do that. We can't do that now. And that's what I mean. You know, if you're going to have the ability to serve creative that's targeted to an audience where you can be flexible, do it and get it right. I also spoke to Peter Barry, the Australia and New Zealand Regional Director at Pubmatic, about this issue and why it's persisted for so long. At the moment, you're able to get the right audience at the right time with the right ad for the majority of the time. So the industry has come on leaps and bounds over the past couple of years. I mean, I was reading that there are now more AVOD consumers than there are SVOD consumers. So that will demonstrate the opportunity and how it's grown. So a lot of things going well uh, in that area. But I think broadcast and video is at a point that display was several years back. So sometimes the setup can be inefficient. So you may have a, a waterfall style setup up where you have maybe one partner sitting at the top and some partners sitting below them. And sometimes the marketer maybe can't buy via the partner they would like to. They don't have access to the full suite or set of users or inventory. And so what that means for the publisher is that there's opportunities to monetize are, are going amiss. And then ultimately what that means for the consumer is that uh, the publisher making less money means that they're not able to reinvest that uh, money into quality content. So that affects the user down the line, but also can lead to technical issues as well, timeouts, maybe latency and so on, and that can affect the user experience. So there are some issues right now, but they're being worked on and they are in the process of being fixed. Back to Buffalo Bob Smith from our Howdy Doody story at the beginning of this episode. Their theory from almost 80 years ago was that focusing on putting the audience first 
with high quality content and engagement, you can create a better end-to-end experience for all involved parties. Back then, they were right, and Group M's Nicola has a similar strategy moving forward. To get a full understanding of the solution and what lies ahead, let's explore a bit more about the foundation and role of television from a media agency point of view. In my conversation with Nicola from Group M, she told us her thoughts. So do you have any concerns about advertising client products on OTT and CTV platforms? No. We as Group M, globally and locally, sort of came out, uh, would have been about three years ago, starting to talk about the role of television and the importance of television. And when I say that, I'm talking about the importance of content and the investment that's made in content, quality content across the board, you know, whether you're thinking nine, seven, 10, SBS, Foxtel. But being able to allow television to become not reinvented as such, but play at both ends of the funnel. So play in the brand space, you know, in the typical linear TV environment as it was then, and also at the bottom of the funnel, sort of in the performance space, and being able to really target through the funnel uh, within the, the, the sort of big screen environment. Now we've established a place from the angle of the media agency. Let's look at this from the lens of the broadcaster. How is the industry going to pick up the slack when it comes to the AVOD problem? To Nick Young, it seems to be that time heals all wounds. I think more recently with, you know, server size and ad integration with just the improvements around ad exchanges and ad servers and all of the different things that DSPs and SSPs are working together, our service now is pretty similar to that of uh, Linear. And actually, when you, you look from an audience perspective, when we get feedback from our audiences, that area of the feedback or the negative feedback that we used to get has dropped off to almost nothing now. So it's never perfect, but on an individual person by person basis, but as, a, as an industry, I think we've really solved those issues. If you think about the huge growth and I would say extreme changes that we've seen in the industry over the past couple of years. So you know, you've got different types of screens, you've got different uh, delivery mechanisms, you've got different players in the market and so on. That's an extreme pace of change. And for the market to keep up with that is very difficult. To Pubmatic's Peter, there's always space for new technologies to make room for better services and better experiences. So, uh, like I said, we're getting there. Podmatic have just released uh, OpenRap OTT, which is our header bidding solution for OTT and connected television. We've got so, uh, a bunch of beta partners running our solution right now, and that solves a lot of the problems. Like traditionally, with header bidding broadcast, you would see some back-to-back ad issues or some competitive exclusion issues, uh, latency and so on. We have solved the majority of that. So it feels like we're really at an inflection point when it comes to header bidding technology for broadcast video on demand. I'm sure Howdy Doody's creators didn't know exactly where the world would be in television and video advertising. I'm sure they couldn't comprehend privacy laws, third-party cookies, or anything involved with something that connects us all, like the internet. I'm sure they were just focused on seeing if their experiment would work or not. We're in a great place in 2020, and we're moving into the future as far as ad tech. We have a ripe and plentiful history from all over the world of past events that teach us what worked and what didn't work. So... How do we think about the future of AVOD and CTV in general? To Peter, one of the big questions is privacy. 
There are privacy frameworks now and laws and, and regulations. You know, you've got GDPR in the EEA, uh, you've got the CCPA in California and a bunch of other stuff that's being rolled out. Um, so I think as an industry, we are better regulated. And I think as a result of that, those same mistakes that occurred in the past are unlikely to be replicated going forward. And, you know, I do know some of the broadcasters have created unique identifiers to ensure that their users can't be targeted beyond their environment. And I think that's important as well to respect the user's privacy. You know, I, I do also think, like I said, that the users are more understanding of the value exchange. You know, I give my data and I get free content in return. It's a balancing act, right? Yeah. Or, or I pay a subscription and I get no ads. Look, a lot of that is creative. This is Nine's Nick Young weighing in on the privacy issue. I think that there's been some really good work in being able to personalise creative quite well, especially in the mobile space, but it draws a very fine line. So I think more broadly targeted messages that are creatively driven work very well, as long as they're not down to that unique individual and person. And then using the data and the smarts and the audience insights that we have to be able to make sure that it's hitting the right audience in the right time and the right way. Big improvement over the years and kudos to all of the media vendors that have gone on the journey with us because at the very early stages, it meant quite a lot of change to a lot of media vendors. Another huge concern for everyone in Adland is privacy. Here's what Nicola Lewis had to say. You kind of want to sort of walk alongside them. I think it's interesting, the whole thing about what does brand safety look like as you move, you know, across channels and out purely of the digital space. And again, I think one of the one of the great things about BVOD is you're talking about a closed environment. Nicola also mentioned some of the exciting new horizons which AVOD has enabled some pretty interesting, innovative stuff with campaigns that take the creative canvas of the big screen. The king of the king house. Of the, screen, the king of the screen. Have you got my message? <laughs> the king of the house, the big screen in the household, this wonderful creative canvas and working it really hard with data and technology. So a couple of examples, you know, in the automotive category, you know, really being able to hone in on dealerships, you know, and really being able to hone in on those postcodes where you know that there's a high propensity to buy a certain make or model. But also, if you think, then flip it on its head, retail environments, you know, really wanting to focus in on a certain kilometre radius, but make sure that they can still have that wonderful, beautiful TV creative shown, but sort of directing to the location. So I actually think it's almost, you know, pulling it back and just saying, you know, advanced TV does allow this lovely notion of getting a flexible creative messaging um, in the right environments. Let's jump back to the 40s for a second. America couldn't get enough of Howdy Doody. His merchandise flew off the shelves, as did toothpaste, cereal, biscuits and soup cans which were adorned with his image. So what can Adland learn from the past and present going into the future? That sometimes when we navigate new terrain, It just takes time, effort, and a bit of trial and error to find the right solution. But additionally, if you do find that solution, you can create meaningful experiences for audiences and brands alike. On the next episode of the Video Fast Forward series, we'll be playing the full interview with Nick Young of Nine, followed by Peter Barry of Pubmatic and Nicola Lewis of Group M. Stay tuned.
This Ashton Car series was proudly brought to you by our friends at Pubmatic. Again, please make sure to subscribe, rate, comment, and tell anyone that you know that is interested in this industry about this podcast and your favorite episode. You can find Ashton Cast on all of the major podcast players, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Go to ashtonmedia.com.au slash ashtoncast for more info. This episode was produced in collaboration with Ashton Media and Podpaste here in Sydney, Australia. Executive produced by Gavin Stewart and the team at Pubmatic. Supervising producer, Darren Lake. Audio production, sound design and engineering by Eamon Connolly. Story writing producer, Aidan Mullins. And podcast management by Michelle Lee. Ashton, Ashton, Ashton Media.